This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Good day, listeners, and welcome to The Law School Show. My name is Amos Vang, and I will be your host for this episode. If I can describe my guest today in one sentence, it's this. Lawyer by day, firefighter by night. As a guest in his personal capacity, Jeff has completed a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science at McGill University, a Juris Doctor and Master of Business Administration at the University of Windsor, and a Bachelor of Civil Law at the prestigious Oxford University. He has also appeared on CBC Radio, CTV Canada AM, The Globe and Mail, and the Canadian Press. On top of all of this, he has written numerous publications on the state of telecommunications, broadcasting, and media in Canada. Most interestingly, he is a firefighter for the municipality of Chelsea, and has been a firefighter for seven years and counting. As a firefighter, Jeff regularly educates the people of Chelsea on the importance of fire safety, fire prevention, and community support strategies to maintain the safety of Chelsea. Especially now with the COVID-19 pandemic, Jeff is on the front lines taking on calls as a first responder to 911 situations and to helping people in need. Lawyer by day, firefighter by night. My guest for today is Jeff White. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Amos, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. So let's start from the beginning. Going all those years back, when did you first want to go to law school? And what inspired you to become a lawyer? Well, I hope we can talk a little bit more about the fire department. But I went to law school as a mature student. I had graduated from McGill in political science, which I had sort of fell into as a, as a degree that while interesting, I fell into on the basis that it was just, I didn't have any conviction in terms of a career path. I moved to Toronto. I worked in a series of sales jobs and customer service jobs. And while those were interesting, I felt like I wasn't using my full potential. And I, like many others uh, and many of my students to this day, talk about the potential um, you have as a lawyer in terms of um, influencing things, helping solve some of uh, the big challenges we face. And so I applied uh, to law school, and, and you'll hear in, in my answers today a bit of a theme. It took me two years to get into law school. I was unsuccessful the first round because my, I spent a lot of time uh, not studying when I was at McGill. Um, I changed that habit when I went on to my other degrees, but it took me two years to get in. And uh, that led me to Windsor with, a, with an open mind uh, in the LLB program. It's, it's now been converted to a JD. Uh, led me to Windsor, and it was uh, within my first or second week at Windsor that I also decided to add, uh, apply for the MBA. So, you're in law school and business school. What did you find was most difficult in tackling these two very demanding degrees? I'm not sure if you did, did it as a joint program or as, a, as separate degrees, but so, regardless, how did you tackle these two degrees? So, I did, I did two degrees as 
part of an integrated program. I, I earned two separate degrees, but I did them concurrently. Um, and that wasn't my plan. It was an option that was presented in week two or week one of orientation of L1. Um, but I had to apply for it. And I mentioned to you that it took me two years to get into law school. Well, it took me two tries to get into the MBA program at Windsor because it, my GMAT results were very good for the written and reading component, but the math was not so good. Uh, and it was below the threshold to gain admission, which is a low threshold, I have to admit. So it took me two GMAT test scores to get into the Windsor MBA. But to answer your question about how did I, how did I tackle them? Well, it, was, it turned out to be a four-year program. And uh, law school was fairly insular in the sense that um, you did your own work. There weren't many projects. Um, and it was relatively straightforward in the sense that you would read, you would think, you would write. Business school is a lot more collaborative. Uh, and you're approaching issues from, from a more diverse set of perspectives, I would say, than I, than I had learned in law school. Law school is very much about learning the skills of a lawyer, issue identification, learning the law, applying the law to facts. And that's not to oversimplify what law school is, but it's a different skill set. I, so I, I found the two degrees quite complementary, however, in the sense that you learn an awful lot about business in law school. Of course, you learn a lot about the functioning of society and, and everything else. But I learned a lot about business in law school, and I found that very complementary to learning about uh, you know, things like finance, accounting, human resources as well. And I found that in business school, the skills I learned there or I learned about and then could develop in, in, in later years as a, as a manager, uh, quite complementary to being a lawyer as well, especially the interpersonal skills, the people management skills, the financial concepts, et cetera. So um, it, was, uh, it, it arose out of serendipity and a bit of perseverance on my part to get in and then to withstand it. But it was uh, something I don't regret. So how do the schools in law, how do the skills rather in law school and business school, how do these skills help you in your firefighting career? I, this isn't my full-time job. First of all, I do answer the call. I've been in some scary situations, but the only people who would consider me a, a hero are, and I hope, are my, my two young children. But I fell into this like I fell into a lot of other things. And that's one of the messages I, I hope to, to relay to your, your audience is that a lot about uh, a career and success is serendipity, but it's also about creating opportunities. It's like going to law school like I did uh, after two tries and then two more tries to get into an MBA. And I've got more stories where it took me two tries, took me two tries to get into Oxford, for example. Um, firefighting has been the same. I, the opportunity arose when I first moved to Chelsea about eight years ago. I realized it was an on-call, uh, quote-unquote, volunteer fire service at the time. I applied, uh, and despite some, some weaknesses in my application, including French not being my, my mother tongue, and it is an operationally French fire department, I got in. I've done all the, uh, many of the entry-level courses, um, and I did it not knowing what it was all about. And I had no concept of what it meant to be a firefighter. Um, and what I've learned from it is, uh, is a lot about myself. And I have learned a lot of new manual skills and, and uh, leadership skills as well. But you asked me what do law 
an MBA teach me about being a firefighter? And I think I answer that by flipping the question saying, what does being a firefighter teach me about law and business? And I think about the parallels between the two. I say on my profiles and I explain to people what I do as a lawyer and as a firefighter, I fight fires figuratively and literally. So lawyers are risk managers. They are problem solvers. They often have to work under pressure to come up with sound judgment. And then I flip over to an emergency situation, a 911 call where there's a house on fire or somebody's trapped in a car accident. Again, quick decisions, sound judgment based on your training. And sometimes there's a calculus too in terms of what's the best option, which way are we going to attack the fire, which way are we going to approach this issue, and how best are we going to respond to the needs of the, the client, or the victim, or the situation that needs handling. So I think they're quite complementary. Um, but being a firefighter, has provided sort of a clarity of focus that, that no other line of work I've, I've been in has provided because there may be many distractions in an office workday, email box, phones ringing, visits from your colleagues, which are all fine and it's all part of the job. But when there's a house on fire or propane tanks are about to explode, you're not thinking about any other thing and you're certainly not thinking about your day job, which I find to be an interesting contrast. And that's the thing that, I, that also really struck to me or was apparent to me when I was looking at comparing law and, uh, and firefighting, not to say that law doesn't have very high stakes. It does have high stakes, but the stakes that, that are there are different and are very different from firefighting. As you said earlier, firefighting, it's, there's a, there's a house on fire or propane tanks going to explode or th these are life and death situations, uh, potentially. Uh, and, and not in many cases, not just potentially, they, these are very much life and death situations. And being able to think on your feet and very quickly or else something really bad is going to happen. This is something that I, I, I find that's, that's very fascinating about, uh, about the contrast between the two. And, and it must be really stressful for you when you're firefighting uh, out, out there, whenever you're answering a call that, you know, is, is pretty risky. Yes, it is stressful. Uh, the training is there to help you manage your stress in terms of uh, learning the basics of firefighting, vehicle operations, using the ground ladders, getting onto roofs, off of roofs, uh, self-rescue techniques for when things collapse on you or if you get caught. The training is all there, but the first time you go to a fire, it's a new experience. The first time you cut someone out of a car, it's a new experience. But I don't want to overstate how stressful it is because I, law is stressful. The practice of law can be very stressful. And I am aware that there are mental health challenges in the legal profession. Uh, there are in the, in the firefighting uh, community as well with PTSD and things like that. But law can be highly stressful. Whereas, as a firefighter, it's physical, dirty work with consequences. It's dangerous for firefighters. There's uh, increased risk of, a, of, of, of injury, cardiac arrest uh, risk goes up because of all the equipment you're wearing, the heat, the exertion. There's risks of PTSD. There's risks of exposure to carcinogens, etc. But when someone else's life depends on you, it gives you a focus and a clarity that I've never really had in any other line of work. Uh, 
to the point where you are distraction free. Flip, flip, the, flip the page or go back to the, the practice of law. And it's more, there's a lot more nuance involved in law. There's a lot more, it's not life and death risk, but there is a lot of risk that the clients have at stake. And that risk is there for you as legal counsel to advise, to help them identify, mitigate, solve the problems. So it is stressful being a lawyer. It can be stressful as a lawyer. And I find that uh, to a certain extent, the Zen of being a firefighter, of having your mind clear to focus on the physical risky tasks that you're doing um, in its own bizarre way, somewhat therapeutic. And in terms of stress and mental health, that's a very, very big issue that's been gradually becoming become more more public and more people are aware of it especially in the uh, the legal community especially with uh, at least for the university of ottawa is where this show is being based off of there's been a lot more initiatives when it comes to student mental health especially now in this in this time this being recorded in the middle of april with the COVID 19 pandemic and in the middle of exam season i'm lucky not to have any exams right now but many of my colleagues are writing exams in a very unprecedented time that have we haven't seen this in over a hundred years the stress is in law school is already incredibly high but now you you tack on the pandemic on that and it gets exponentially multiplied so what's your advice to students who are going through very stressful times. What's your advice to them for them to do in order to make sure that they're not overwhelmed by the state of their academics? I think that's the most important, the, the most important issue uh, for law students and perhaps in the legal profession as well. And I'm glad we're going to have the chance to talk about it. I want to be a champion for mental health. I have uh, personally experienced ill mental health. I remember as a law student observing how stressed out my colleagues were. I enjoy school. You mentioned my degrees. I've, I've gone back to school as a mature student on two separate occasions. I enjoy school. It is competitive. But when I went to law school, which is about, I graduated in 2006, I believe, I, it, there was a lasting impression about how stressed out and competitive all of the law students seemed to be. And I returned as a professor, a part-time professor at the University of Ottawa two years ago to teach the communications law class, and I, I recently taught it again. And I was taken by just how stressed out students still are in law school. And I was puzzled by that. And I tried to tell my students uh, some of the insights I'd learned about mental health and to acknowledge that it's an issue that uh, needs to be taken taken seriously and to try to coach students to say that, uh, you know, to put everything in its own perspective, to try to manage some of the stress of law school. And I tried to accommodate my students as well in the class when the pandemic uh, was upon us. But there's no question, this is a hugely stressful time to be a law student. I believe it's as competitive as ever. I believe the financial burdens are still there the scarcity of articling jobs, and lo and behold, we're in an unprecedented uh, pandemic. So there's no question that law students are going to be stressed out right now. And my, my one piece of advice, I have lots of advice about your career and, and, and things you, you might want to think about, but at this time, the number one piece of advice I can offer anyone is to acknowledge that you are struggling, 
acknowledge that you may be suffering, admitting that not all is right, and taking advantage of all the supports that are there for you. I know the University of Ottawa has supports, uh, and I would imagine many Canadian law schools have these supports in place. And if those aren't there, there are provincial supports and local supports. And even starting with reaching out to a friend or a professor saying, I don't feel good. And it's not just the usual, I'm having a bad day, but something more serious is going on. Because talking about your issue uh, is the most important step. That certainly is the very, very most important step. And I would even add one more step on top of that. Reach out to people, regardless of, of how close you are as friends or as colleagues, just reach out to them, to them on your initiative as well, because you never know if somebody is going through you know, trouble and, and mental pain. And now with everybody practicing physical distancing, social distancing, the ability to talk in person is pretty much limited to the people who are in your house especially if you're living alone, that's not, very, that's not a very good thing. So, I mean, I remember starting out this pandemic, day one or day two of the pandemic, I was reaching out to probably 10 or 15 people and I was just and on day one and I'm still reaching out as much as I can to, to other people on a regular basis, just trying to make sure that they're okay and stuff like that because that would, it, it, was, it, was, it wasn't pandemonium, but there was a tension in the air that I've never seen before. I mean, I, I was just old enough to remember SARS uh, back in 2002, 2003. I was in grade one and grade two when it, when, it was, when it was happening. So I remembered that tension there, but it was nothing. It is nothing like what it is right now. And within your work as a firefighter, that tension, I'm not sure if the tension's ever gone to that, to that height before in, 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 your, in your work, but it seems very, it, it, to me, I mean, please enlighten us on this at least to me a a lay person in 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 the world of firefighting it's a very tense situation too but on top of that you have a very strong camaraderie with all of your colleagues and with with your firefighting buddies so i mean in the way that that also seems very therapeutic as well as you're doing the job because you know your your buddy has got your back every step of the way there is a sense of community within the fire department that is uh, intangible and invaluable, uh, indeed. Um, but we're also under, you know, undergoing the social distancing measures. We we are an essential service. We do respond. I mean, I, I haven't I haven't gone to a call out in, uh, in a couple of days due to family commitments, but uh, we have, you know, PPE. We have protocols in place as well. But we're not. Uh, socializing at the fire hall uh, like we used to with the access to our, our the gym and the fire hall has been restricted etc so we're not uh, we're not having that opportunity to um, commiserate and to, to share stories as well but the support network is there and, and back to the point about mental illness um, I, I I would like to commend the the audience to sick not weak which is a uh, an organization set up by Michael Landsberg, a former TSN personality who suffers uh, quite openly with depression. And he's, his organization, Sick Knock Week, says that mental illness is, is a sickness, not a weakness, and encourages people to talk about that. So that's at Sick Not Week, and the hashtag Sick Not Week uh, may be a good resource for your audience who, if it, to the extent anyone may be suffering, check out some of the tweets that are tagged with that, and that may turn you on to some more resources as well. 
Certainly. And I'll definitely put that put those resources, all the resources that I mentioned today in this episode's description uh, for all of our listeners who will be listening this at a later date. And but yeah, I mean, mental health is ever so important right now at this time. It has always been important, but even more so during this very critical time where we are looking at potentially months of staying within our homes and doing social distancing uh, for this time. Returning back to your experiences uh, with firefighting, you also mentioned that you got into Oxford University. As, as I also mentioned in the introduction, you did a Bachelor of Civil Law at, at Oxford University. How did that experience in England and over in the UK help you out in your legal practice and in your firefighting here back in Canada? You know, I'm not sure how it helped out my legal. It's helped me in any way whatsoever. No disrespect to Oxford, uh, as prestigious as as it is. Um, that said, I don't regret it. I, um, the BCL at Oxford, the Bachelor of Civil Law, is arcane Oxford speak for Masters of Common Law. Bachelor of Civil Law equals Master of Common Law. And I won't go into the details of why that is. But that was the goal, to, to pursue a, a master's in law after my first year as an associate at a Bay Street law firm. I did that for several reasons. And, and I wanted to go to a, a, an Oxford or a Cambridge or a Harvard. So I applied to Oxford and Cambridge, actually. I got into both. It took me two years. I chose Oxford, and I don't, I don't regret that. I had a wonderful intellectual year. I had a wonderful year living, living in England. Um, and I had some wonderful experiences. One of the messages I, I think I would have for, for your, the listeners uh, in law school is that experience is oftentimes much more important than education. And I, this is coming from someone who has two undergraduate degrees and two master's degrees. Experience at the end of the day, when you're applying for a job even uh, in the strange times of this pandemic, will oftentimes matter more. I get that law school marks are important for your first round if you're going the traditional route of trying to get into a big firm, which, I, which may work for some people but may not work for others. But I was, uh, I articled at a national firm in Ottawa and I went to a large oil and gas law firm in Toronto to get into the business of climate change law at a time when there was a recession. So I didn't do anything to do with climate change law, which at the time was an emerging area of law. I did insolvency work, which is important, valuable work, and I would imagine it's doing very well right now as a practice area, but it wasn't what my heart was in. So I applied to, to do a master's degree. Um, I'd applied previously when I was an articling student for a scholarship. That didn't work out. Um, but I've always had an academic interest in law, and I still do, and that's why I teach part-time. And I'm particularly drawn to appellate law, which I find very academic and intellectual in nature. It's not the practical there are practical implications, certainly, of appellate law, but it's finer points and nuances of legal analysis that matter most, and that's what we did at Oxford. And so I found that very rewarding. I was quite a mature student, so that was my second time going back as a mature student. So I was mature round one, I think I was 27 going into law school, and I was 30-something going into Oxford. And at that point, Education for me was, it was a self-guided course of study. I could have done all of the reading myself, 
and and done all this work on my own and then there was no thesis involved so there was none, none of that supervision involved which isn't to diminish the the master's experience of oxford but it didn't add any practical skills to my knowledge base and i studied areas of law out of pure interest and this is why it was an academic exercise that said do i regret it not at all uh, do I think, it, and I think it created opportunities for me as well. I think it's what helped me become a, a part-time professor and it opens the door in the future for me pursuing an academic interest in law if I choose. And, and I think creating opportunities is the best thing anyone can do for themselves, not in a cynical calculating kind of way, but in a, a manner that uh, sets you up for new opportunities that you wouldn't have thought about. I would have had no idea that I would love being a firefighter, that it would bring Zen to my life, which may sound strange, but I didn't know that going in. I just applied for an opportunity. I got it. I worked hard at it. And, uh, and I love it. Um, Oxford, did it turn into more, uh, increase my billable hour rate uh, in a law firm? I, I doubt it. Um, because experience and skills and, and transactions and deals are what matter. Um, but no, it, certainly a, a personal year worthwhile. And you mentioned a couple of times that experience is much more important than education. There are a good number of students currently in law school who have not worked any summer at a law firm and on, are on track to have not worked at a law firm for any of the summers in 1L, 2L, or 3L. And I can imagine some of them are very concerned about whether they can get articling work about that. So what advice would you give to them that, you know, with their concerns with articling and their chances for getting into articling? First of all, I think, you know, the, the statement experience is much more important than education. That would, in a way, that also helps them very therapeutic. But at the same time, I mean, if they're looking at law firm work in, during the summer and they never had that, they may be a little bit concerned about that. So, but, but what advice would you give to them uh, when it comes to their chances for articling and you know their concerns, maybe to alleviate their concerns about getting articling jobs. I'm I'm happy to answer this question, but before I do, I I, I must acknowledge I mean no dis disrespect to one of my employers, which is the University of Ottawa, an academic institution. But what I want my message to to clarify it is, experience is important, education is important, but education for the sake of uh, not gaining experience and 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 postponing something that if you're not really be going to become an academic or, or build skills based on it, while there may be merit to it from a personal perspective, if, if, if it's career oriented, um, you want to come out of it with more concrete skills. So to answer your question, what advice would I give to law students who are, are facing a, the a unprecedented stressful situation? I have four words. And these four words I'll give you, uh, I would, uh, you can ask me in a year what my four words are. This is your time. I will say it again. This is your time. What do I mean by that? I mean that this is a tremendously stressful situation. Most law students are in this together. Most Canadians are in this situation together with the uncertainty, the economy, job losses. But we're going to get through this. The law students are going to get through this. And guess what? Many, many, many organizations have the need for the skills that you have learned in law school. Even if it's in a non articling or an unconventional role, the skills you have learned 
uh, you'll have for life. And there's no short of, of experience to get either on your own as a volunteer, coming up with a new business idea or a new way to help your community, showing that you've done something with your time. Even while we're stuck at home, this is the time. If you, you can teach yourself area, new areas of law, courses that you regret having not taken in law school, use this opportunity where we're all in a bit of a downturn, not to understate it, we're in, we're in a huge downturn to take care of your mental health, take care of your physical health, and that will take care of your mental health. Learn more, do more. Contact your community organizations. Everybody needs the skills lawyers and law students have, particularly in a time of crisis where creative thinking is at a premium, where knowledge of the way things work or should work is at a premium. And I want you, I would want your listeners to feel, to, first of all, to feel okay to not feel okay about the situation, that it is stressful, but to have optimism about the future. This is your day. Certainly. And this optimism is very, very important to keep, uh, to keep your head above water and to really look at the bright side of, of things. And just going back to myself reaching out to a couple of my, of my, uh, my friends and colleagues, I mean, some of them have been very frank and said that, you know, things aren't looking pretty, pretty well. Things are looking, you know, pretty, pretty bleak. Um, and well, first of all, it's great to, it's great that I'm hearing very frank and very, 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 uh, very honest opinions from all of my colleagues who are who, from many of my colleagues who are, who are going through this situation. Uh, that's the, the first step is to be honest about it. And the second step is to take action on what you can do to improve the, the, the situation. And improving the situation is something that you do all the time when it comes to not just your legal practice, but also your firefighting duties as well for, for the municipality of, of Chelsea. What has been the most rewarding aspect of firefighting? In your, in your seven years and counting, what did you find was very rewarding, very satisfying for you as a person? It's very satisfying to be of service. And that's a feeling you also get as a lawyer. Uh, and it, it's the feeling I have had many times as a lawyer helping my clients. And I've worked on various sides of the industry but there's a certain satisfaction you take as a lawyer um, from helping organizations and people in need. On the fire side, it's the same. Although the results may be a little more tangible where you get to a house that is a couple of seconds away from actually lighting up uncontrollably or helping as part of a team cut someone out of a car uh, and making sure that they feel safe in what is a scary situation. So being that source of stability and comfort, I find rewarding. It's, it's the feeling I get as a, as a parent of young children as well. Um, and I find there's, there's a, there are emotional benefits to the physical, dirty, dangerous job. I find doing fire prevention visits uh, to the municipality um, where we educate the residents about their risks. Um, re rewarding as well. The school visits where we take the trucks out to the the, the young kids and they we teach them about how to develop a fire escape plan it, it's all wonderful but i think it it pulls at the same uh the same feelings that being a being a good lawyer can pull at for me in any case uh different everyone's different but i do like uh helping people it's 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 my it's one of my callings that i'm discovering through being a firefighter that stopping bad things from happening 
and having calm and clarity when other people are panicking uh, is a good feeling for me. And that's a skill that very much transpires across not just the legal practice, but really anything that you, uh, that, 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 that you do in life. And I mean you, not just in terms of you, Jeff, but also the you in the general sense for anyone who has common clarity that goes through very stressful and tough situations. The old saying comes to mind, to give is better than to receive. And I think it, it, it applies so well because to give, when you give someone you know, the opportunity, in your case, when you help people in times of need, or even for you know, not going as far as firefighting, but even just working as just a regular individual, when you're able to help anyone in general and to give your time to volunteer and to help other people, that's a very, very fulfilling experience that you would have. I think there are even studies that show that, there, that there's a psychological benefit even, a, a quantifiable psychological benefit that comes out of that. And yeah, I think this is the time, the COVID pandemic, I think, is really the time where law students and really everyone in general, but especially, you know, given that most of our audience is composed of law students and new lawyers, this is really the time for, for people to give their own expertise and to give their help and to be able to help each other because this is, if, if, if we're not going to be able to help each other, you know, it's who's going to do that to do that job, you know, so and it, it's, it, again, it's so important to um, to have this aspect of helping. And, I'm, and Jeff, I'm very happy that, that I'm, I'm very grateful that, that you do bring this point up to our listeners, because I think for a lot of us, it's it's kind of like a wake up call, even in many, many respects. Yeah. And, and, and I, uh, let me let me be clear about a couple of things that I perhaps should have been more clear on. The first of all is, you know, I, I reject the notion that I'm a hero. Uh, this is a, the fire department is a team. It's a team effort. And collectively, we work as a team and we try to do good things. But I'm not a hero. Um, the other thing is I don't want to overstate uh, when I say that firefighting is in. No, it, it can be stressful. And, 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 and uh, there are moments of fear stepping onto a snowy roof off a, off a tall ladder um, with gear in your hand. Um, and wondering if you're going to be able to get safely off that roof, that's stressful. But I don't want to understate that the practice of law can be very stressful and that there are documented, um, documented uh, studies of this as well. Um, and and the, the ability to manage on one side doesn't necessarily cross over to the other. But my point is, acknowledging that mental health is important, is as important as physical important, I think is, 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 uh, is key. Um, and to tie it back to the, the situation we're all in with this pandemic, the budgets may not be there right now for law students, graduating law students or summering law students, but the demand is there. The demand for these skills is there. Lawyers are needed in a time of crisis. The skills lawyers have and law students have are needed. And if I'm wrong about that, well, the skills for uh, picking up a shovel and uh, helping uh, flood mitigation. That's there. The skills um, for counseling lines or pro bono legal services for people who are having trouble uh, with debt and things like that. That's there. This is a great opportunity in spite of all of the challenges that we're going to have to go through. It's a great opportunity to take stock in what's important uh, to all of us uh, and to maybe uh, by, by choice or by virtue of circumstance retool and 
and emerge on the other side of this with uh, with either a reinvigorated focus on what you were doing or, or perhaps a change of plans. Certainly. And one thing that I would also take this opportunity to say for all for all law students and even for 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 lawyers, regardless of how of how long they've been practicing, we also have to remember that fundamentally our career pursuit, our our job, our duty is to provide a service to people. It is to help people in their times of need, even when most of them, or I shouldn't say most of them, when, when a lot of them don't necessarily understand or appreciate the work that we do, but with the results that come out, they will understand. Regardless, we provide a service for them. Whether we're in the practice of law or whether we're outside the practice of law, that is our duty. That is our responsibility. It is to give our expertise and it's to help other people, you know, and, and use the skills that we, that we have learned because honestly, it is a privilege to be, to be in law school and to apply the skills that you learn in law school to your job, to your pursuits. So use that for the betterment of society and the, and the betterment of your communities and the people uh, around you. Um, and going going to another another aspect, uh, going back a little bit to what you said about you know the, the physical aspect uh, being very rewarding. Uh, there was a study that that I remember from a few years ago that said that physical exercise really uh, helps out with I think I, I think in terms of uh, releasing more endorphins. I mean, endorphins. I mean, of course, I'm not I'm not a doctor, so I don't want to say too much on the details. But you know, endorphins that 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 you know release stress and and well, it, it, when you relieve stress, you take a pretty good uh, step towards maintaining your mental health in that respect. And especially in your case as a firefighter, you have to be very fit and healthy, physically healthy, uh, not just mentally healthy, but physically healthy in order to, to, do, to do your job. So just out of curiosity, what's your daily fitness regimen in order to keep yourself, uh, your, your, your fitness up and ready to, uh, to, be, to be more effective? Yeah, so so I'll note that in a former in a former life, I was a certified strength and conditioning specialist. So I've so I've learned quite a bit about fitness, and I I, I agree with you. I think uh, for many people, physical health and physical activity is is a one of the keys to better mental health. Um, and indeed, it's 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 better for your physical health, but the endorphins, the the calming effect, the the, the forced breathing, um, can all have very therapeutic benefits. Um, I'm recovering from a overuse sports injury uh, and five broken bones in my foot. So my daily regimen right now in this uh, you know, weird pandemic phase is um, a healthy diet of my children's Easter chocolate, uh, a spaghetti sandwich every now and then. And I'm just joking, <laughs> but it, it's hard. It, it's hard for, and it's particularly right now, it's hard. Trails are closed. Public parks are closed. Gyms are closed. Um, people are maybe living in apartments and in restricted space. So it's really hard to stay physically fit. And you know what? That's okay too right now. Um, what do I do? I, I do, I'm back to running and, and lifting weights and things like that. Uh, riding my bike when I can, but it's okay. I, you know, they say this in mental health, it's okay to not be okay. It's also okay right now. If you just don't have the motivation to, to move your body, but I do recommend it. You know, one, you will never regret. One will never regret starting an exercise session you will always feel better afterward if you can get your heart rate up or your breath move going even by some vigorous walking your day will be better because of it
And I, I, to be honest, I would use myself as an example of that. I started, I didn't really start taking fitness seriously until 2017. And I made it a new year's resolution in 2017 to, to exercise regularly. And by re- exercise regularly, I would put myself in, in, into the gym, uh, lift weights, free weights, make sure that I was getting my upper body strength. Because when I was, when I, when when I was in my early twenties, well, I still am in my early twenties, but I guess when I just started my twenties, my goodness, I had horrible, horrible upper body strength. I couldn't even do a, I couldn't even do a push up. That was, that was how weak I was. Um, so I, I was not fit at all. Like I needed desperately to be, to, 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 to boost my fitness level. And it's really, it's very, it is very rewarding in, in terms of not just feeling good after each workout session, but, really seeing your progression now 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 i can comfortably bench a much much higher rate higher weight than than i did three years ago um i feel more physically confident i uh i feel great i feel healthier and yeah it's 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 such it's such a good thing i mean you don't have to go crazy when it comes to 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 your to your athletic performances of course now i work in as, as a sportscaster myself i I know a lot of athletes who do go into training a lot and, you know, kudos to them because they go through a, a ton of training every single day in order to make sure that they are at the top of the game in the university sports leagues. But, but yeah, I mean, even just for the, for the lay person, for the, for the average person, just exercising regularly, whether if it's calisthenics, cardio or, 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 or lifting, you know, these are, it's, it's such important because your body is meant to be physical. It was built to have physical activity, and if you don't, the health risks are going to going to pile up. You know, you got to get cardio problems and and all all that sorts of things. And once again, it's it's good for your mental health as well, which, as we've said for this entirety of this episode so far, is very very important. You want to do everything possible to make sure that your mental health is at its absolute peak, especially now with students university students going through exams and law students going through exams in a very unprecedented time very very important in, in my in my opinion totally agree with what you're saying and i would issue a challenge to your audience right now which is to uh plug your headset in and while you're listening to this get out uh get out in a socially distance uh socially distant way and go for a walk right now uh, for 20 minutes and, and you'll, you'll you'll thank yourself for it you won't thank me um, they're finishing law school and when you land on your feet in whatever role you land, it's important at the outset to develop healthy habits, uh, physical habits, because the pressure to work is always going to be there. And if you have a family, there are going to be some demands as well. And being healthy is important. It goes without saying but if you start off on the wrong foot in your early in your career in terms of not taking the time to invest uh, an hour a day to walk away from your desk, get some exercise, have a healthy lunch, um, the, you can easily get into the bad habit of just working all the time and not taking care of yourself. And I, I'd suggest that you, you may become less efficient if you don't have the physical um, you know, the, the respect for your body and the, the ability to just 
prioritize yourself at least for a little component of the day. That's, that's, you know, I, I don't say that like I, uh, I've mastered this by any means. I've ha I, I have my own struggles with this, with, um, with making sure that I, I carve out time to exercise, etc. cetera. Um, in, in light of my demands as a single father working in a firm, being an on-call firefighter, part-time professor, all these things. I have a lot. It, it makes it sound like I'm a workaholic. I'm far from it. I try to lead a very balanced but interesting life. But your physical health is important. Your mental health is important. And uh, get out for that walk right now, listeners. And going back to your firefighting uh, duties, with the stress that you, that, that you go through and the way how you, how you manage the stress and you maintain your mental health throughout your duties – What's one, I shouldn't say one trick because one trick wouldn't really make sense, but what's one way or what are some of the ways that you are able to, that you're able to manage the stress in, in firefighting? What's, what's, what's some of the methods that you do in your, in your stress management that you would advise the listeners to do in their daily lives, in their daily work, and especially in this time? It's a great question, but I have to admit, I am not immune from anxiety. Uh, I have suffered um, at, a, at a time in my career, I have suffered from um, quite, a, quite an episode of anxiety. Um, and I'm okay to admit that. And I think, uh, I'm, I hope by me admitting that, uh, others can feel more free to admit it because, uh, you know, it, it can be an illness, not a weakness. With the fire department, when we see something that is awful or we've experienced something that is bad, um, we, are, we have mandatory uh, counseling as a group, and then there's individual counseling that's available to us. I've, only, uh, I've had one group counseling session after there was uh, a bad accident. Um, and different people react to seeing things differently. Unfortunately, I haven't seen an awful lot of... Uh, unfortunate things. I've seen houses burn to the ground many times. Um, I've seen some near misses. I have seen some, some fatalities. Um, but generally speaking, I, I've, uh, I've been okay uh, on, on the mental health as a firefighter aspect of it. Taking a deep breath sounds so, sounds so easy, but it's important. Breathing, and that's why exercise is important. It makes you breathe, and breath is, is a very powerful um, anti-anxiety medication and it's natural um, but putting things in perspective more more a uh, more deeper approach here trying to compartmentalize the various aspects of your life that may be causing stress is something that I have learned uh, to be an effective strategy for managing um, managing a, a per, perhaps a stressing uh, event and to look at the bigger picture and to take stock of what is positive and what is good and what is doing well I find that I find that very useful, and, and of course, and we've talked about it earlier. Acknowledging you're you're struggling with it uh, may be may be an important first step. Um, but there's loads of free resources out there that are that are more qualified, and I'm not qualified as a psychologist or a counselor or a physician in any other way. So I should make that clear, because I did go to law school and I am a lawyer. So here we go with the disclaimers. But um, I am speaking from personal experience that. Um, Knowing there's an issue and, and admitting it is important. Taking advantage of the resources um, and, and, no, and having faith. Having faith that you're going to be okay, that you're not alone. Because you would be surprised when you speak about your own experience, how many other people will say, guess what? I've been through that too. Or I don't know exactly what that's like, but I went through a time in my life where 
you can't imagine all the things that happened or were happening on around me and, and look at where I am today. Very, very important words. Very, very good advice as well, because for a lot of law students, uh, we go through a ton of competition. You know, we, we, I mean, it was not just going through a ton of competition, just the very aspect of the law school experience and the academic experience in particular and looking for jobs and getting employment in the legal field. All of it is competitive and that is very stressing for a lot of people. So yeah, very, very much it, you, it, it, you really have to, to, to reach out, uh, uh, whenever you, you have a problem. And even if you don't necessarily have, uh, an issue, a mental health issue at this point for you, again, once I said it's earlier in the, in the episode, but for you to reach out to other people on your own initiative, that goes miles. That goes a country mile when it comes to how you have the impact on, on other people. And I would even argue that that makes a very much close-knit community between yourself and the other people. And that would make the legal community very, very much, uh, uh, very much more, more, more friendly. Not to say that it, it isn't friendly, I mean, there are, I mean, it is, it could always be better. You know, there are, there are, of course it's, it's, it's friendly, but you know, it could always be friendlier. That's what I'm trying uh, to say. And with your work as a firefighter, community building is one of the most important facets of your job, of your duties, you know, to, to not just stop the fires, to, to rescue people, but to, you know, strengthen them, to be that foundation for them in their time of absolute need in their, in their most desperate times their most dire times that ability to support them and to be that bedrock that they can that for them for that time and to rebuild that community even that is something that i find you know is is a very noble a very noble task that that firefighters like you jeff do on a regular basis well, you, you, you certainly don't want to see a panicky firefighter uh, show up to your house when you're panicking, right? And that's, that's part of it. And, and um, I, I'll try to give you an analogy in terms of what we're, we're trained uh, in the fire department to do, which is, you know, if you ever see an ambulance um, or, or an, uh, an active working fire in your community, you'll never see firefighters or paramedics running. And there's a reason for this. There are a couple of reasons for this. One of them is it can cause panic and it conveys a sense of panic. It's not anyone being lazy. They're under you know, best practices to not be running. Of course, there may be situational uh, exceptions to that where running may be, you know, if there's going to be an explosion or something like that. But the other reason to not run um, is so that you don't develop tunnel vision. If you're running towards a house that's on fire, you're not doing a size up of the house in terms of where the potential risks are. Is there a risk of something collapsing? Is the roof falling in? Is there an electrical line that can fire? I've actually been hit by a falling electrical wire, uh, wire that thankfully was, uh, had been cut just before it uh, fell. But uh, that was a two-second moment in my life where somebody yelled, wire, I looked back, and an electrical wire tapped me on the shoulder. And I thought, my goodness, I nearly just died. But, uh, you know, I kept, kept moving. But that's, you know, the, the advice there is try to take it one step at a time. Try to go slow. Develop your foundation. 
try not to get overwhelmed and that's easier said than done and I, I, you know i've i've been overwhelmed as well uh, in the other in my other line of work and that's uh i've come to realize maybe you know part of the you know journey towards being a, an effective lawyer is is you know you leverage your strengths and you 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 try to take care of your weaknesses i mean i was thinking of just going back to your to your statements there about you know taking things slow that is something that I realize is also a young person thing as well, because, well, not a young, young person thing, but a young person issue. And I'll clarify that a bit more by using myself as an example. I'm only 24 years old. As a 24 year old, there are a lot of things that you want to get done right now. Like I want this done by this time within the next couple of hours. I want a response by this, da, 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 da. I want to get this done. And for me, it's that's the one thing that I find that you know I always have to make sure that okay things take time things take time for to be resolved you know they don't they don't take two hours or two or two days sometimes they take weeks you know, sometimes you have to let you have to be patient and have that time uh, play out and that's one thing that I think not just myself having that problem but a lot of twenty year olds especially early twenty year olds. And if for any of our, our, our undergraduate uh, listeners, you know, for them, I think that they can relate to that because a lot of us are thinking we want to get things done now. We want to get things done you know, quickly because we want to see results quickly. But that's not how life always works. Sometimes they do end quickly, but a lot of times they don't end quickly. And that kind of patience gives, it, it, it may give a lot of us anxiety because oh it's it's not done yet it's not done yet come on come on just just keep on just just finish already you know th that kind of thing and i think that's the one thing that youngsters like myself can can really learn <laughs> and ironically we it, it will take us time to to learn this kind of lesson as we have more life experiences and it's it's especially difficult to learn when you're in a fast-paced environment like law school which is always moving at breakneck paces so that's such an important lesson for, for, for all of us to learn. And if there's any positive things that come out of the COVID pandemic, I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a horrible situation we're in. But the old saying always applies. Good things come out of bad situations. And I think if there's anything good that comes out of COVID-19, the pandemic, it's the fact that we're all social distancing right now. We have more time to really sit back, reflect, slow down the pace, reconnect with our families, or if we're already connected well, to strengthen our bonds with our families and with our friends. And in doing so, kind of just use that time to improve yourself and to, to really reflect on yourself and to be more introspective when, when you're back at home at this time. And I think that's a very, very important message that uh, I think from your experiences in firefighting and from your experiences, and I mean, even just, even as simple as walking instead of running and not developing that tunnel vision when you're looking at a, at a situation, even an example like that, you know, it's a very good example of how I think a lot of people should approach their legal career as well. And really their careers and life pursuits, regardless, you know, outside of the law, I, I think it's, it's so important for us to be reminded of that. I have no doubt that many good things will come from this challenging period, and and I do do want to go back to this issue of younger people wanting everything now and and um, feeling this need 
to get everything right on the first go. And I, I don't think that is going to be the most helpful mindset, especially in this situation right now, because patience is, is the virtue. Uh, we all need to be patient. I say, I say clearly, today is your day, which means there's lots of opportunity for you, but it's not going to happen overnight. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes as a lawyer. I made a mistake as an articling student, and my principal said, get used to it. Um, you're going to take twists and turns in your career. Some of them will be of your own making, and I encourage that. Some of them will be imposed upon you by virtue of the economy or restructurings or a, or a poor fit, and you'll need to roll with that. But time is generally on your side, and I say this as someone who's not 24 anymore and still feel like I've got a world of opportunity. On the issue of competition, and I think this is one of the biggest issues facing law students, uh, yeah, as law students and then in the job market, I'll tell you what uh, two, two wise people have told me. One was a former almost national team competitive athlete, and one is a firefighter here in Chelsea who was also a Ottawa full-time firefighter. The former high-performance athlete says, you cannot control the competition you can't control who shows up at the starting line. The only thing you can calm yourself with is knowing whether or not you did your best in training and whether you did your best on the day of the event in all of the circumstances. And that's what the full-time firefighter who has seen a lot of bad things and has witnessed a lot of tragedy, he says. When he gets back from a very horrific incident where bad things have happened or people have suffered, he does a check-in with himself. And the question is, did I do the best I could in the situation and the circumstances that were presented to me? So the athlete at the national level, the firefighter in the crisis, did I do the best I could in the circumstances? And those circumstances actually do involve what was your mental state? You know, were you, were you in the right zone to do the job? You know, there's, there's safety issues with the fire department aspect of it, but athletes have bad days right? Um, sometimes the pitcher does really well and some days, you know, that the batters light them up. Something else could have been going on. You're trained to be at a performance level, but you never know who you're facing off against. And I think, I think that's important to keep in mind. You can't control the environment swirling around you, but you can control your outlook on it. Definitely. And a very, also, once again, a very, very good piece of advice for everyone listening uh, into to this episode, and as we start to conclude this uh, this episode, and it, it was a great conversation, by the way, uh, Jeff. Uh, as we con- as we start to conclude uh, this episode, just a couple of last uh, last few questions. I guess my first one is: I understand that you are a firefighter in the municipality of of, of Chelsea, which is a, generally a smaller a smaller municipality than you know the city city of Ottawa. So, but regardless, how can we? Uh, the listeners support you and your team in the midst of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, and I've appreciated our talking, but there's, there's really no need. No, no, uh, I don't think any first responder needs any support other than to honor the, um, the public health advisories, stay safe. Um, you know, from a fire safety perspective, I can, I can tell you all about that, but be safe, be good to one another, honor the social distancing rules, only essential trips, and that will minimize the risk of spread. It will minimize the risk of car accidents, etc. Be be fire safe as well. Check your smoke detectors. Everyone's got free free time on their hand. Make sure you've got a smoke detector, uh, at least one per level of your house and in sleeping areas. Check the batteries. Make sure you have an escape plan. Make sure you talk about your escape plan with your family. Um, and it's got to be more thought out than 
hey, what's your escape plan? No, you need more than that. Where's your meeting point? Where's your rendezvous point? Is anyone suffering from, um, or does anyone have accessibility challenges, et cetera? Sorry, I'm going into the firefighter mode, but you know, this is, you've got time to think about it. There's no need. First responders don't need any, uh, anything in particular. Your support, we're all in this together, fighting the, the coronavirus. And what would you like to say, what, what final words would you like to say to the law students in terms of their careers, just to conclude everything uh, that we've said today, what would you like to say to them? Today's your day. Be yourself. Be yourself. It is the most important thing I can offer anyone, to be yourself and to find a role that allows you to be yourself with all of your strengths and weaknesses and your, and your unique personality. Be yourself. Well, Jeff, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, thank you. First of all, thank you for, for your service to the community. Thank you very much. And also thank you for coming on and just giving all these wonderful uh, insights into mental health and everything from mental health to law school to, to, to your job as a firefighter. Uh, it's very, very informative. And I think, uh, I think the listeners will certainly appreciate this especially in this, this day and time. And thank you very much to the listeners to, who tuned in for this episode. Thank you very much for your support. And you can also follow Jeff White at his Twitter handle, at Jeffrey underscore White. Jeffrey as in G-O... Sorry, my spelling is horrible. G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y underscore White. You can follow him on Twitter. And you can also, uh, as again, stay safe, stay healthy. And I'll also be leaving links to mental health resources in the description of this episode for any of you who are in need of the mental health resources. Once again, thank you so much to the listeners for listening to this edition of The Law School Show. This is Amos Vang, signing off for now. Until next time, farewell. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and now on Spotify, or on our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter for the latest updates. Human stories, new legal topics, and career-advancing advice right to your earbuds. Catch it all here, next time on The Law School Show.